everyone thank you for tuning in into the another episode of story project this episode i interview my friend jamison and his story is very inspiring on how he fully recovered from drug addiction to now where he's running a multi-million dollar business and he loves himself he takes care of himself um and i want to give a trigger warning before we start because he talks about some of these suicidal thoughts he had and his journey um with that so let me know what you think of this show i'm gonna link jamieson's social media in the description so if you want to reach out to him feel free to reach out to him and enjoy the show before i got into drugs and stuff i was living in uh st paul minnesota um i was a waiter at buffalo wild wings um you know i made minimum wage plus tips um and that was basically my life i was just serving you know hanging out with friends just kind of living like an average lifestyle and like i used to play like world of warcraft with uh, a buddy mm-hmm. of mine that worked across the street at tgi fridays mm-hmm. and every weekend we would get off of work and go to his house and we'd play world of warcraft for a day or two days mm-hmm. and he actually introduced me to pain pills um one night he had he had gotten a bottle of percocet uh, mm-hmm. from his lady that he was buying from and he you know he gave me one to try and he was like, Hey, let's take some, let's take some perks and like play some world of Warcraft. And I was like, hell yeah, you know, that sounds fun. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And we like, we like took it, we took, we popped one and pl- and it like, I just fell in love with it. Like it was just like the, one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. And we stayed up for like, we stayed up for like 14 hours straight, just playing world of Warcraft. And then we were popping pills every few hours and I just fell in love with it. Like the first time I tried it. And so then it became mm-hmm. a regular thing where we would play World Warcraft, you know, once every weekend, like from like mm-hmm. 8, 9 p.m. to like 8, 9 in the morning. And we wow. would pop pills every single time. And then, you know, slowly it became one pill and then two pills and then three pills because you'd need to take a little more to keep feeling that hot, that high you were chasing. And mm-hmm. it was all fun. And, you know, we were taking them for a few months and then like, we couldn't find some one time and then I stopped taking them for a couple of days. And then like my body started to like go through withdrawal. And so then it's like, you kind of get like a little desperate, like then you're like scrounging around it. I mean, I did that for like a year, basically just kind of took them recreationally having fun, you know, working, you know, playing world of Warcraft. Wasn't really like doing anything with my life, just kind of living like how the majority of my friends lived. Um, and after like a year and a half, like it started, it was an issue like where I was spending hundreds of dollars a week, you know, and then it came, you know, thousands of dollars a month. And, you know, then like we're starting to like skip bills and we're missing rent because we need money for pills. And I ended up getting evicted from my apartment. Um, I was with the the girl at the time we were together and we got evicted from our apartment. Um, And, you know, we were spending, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month because we were both were working and you know before we had gotten evicted from our place like i had this like k jewelers card like a credit card from k jewelers mm-hmm. and i opened up the credit card and i was like oh i thought it would be a good idea to go buy like five thousand dollars in gift cards on the credit card and then sell mm-hmm. the gift cards on ebay for cash and then go buy drugs with them mm-hmm. and then i was just i figured i would just make the minimum payment on the card just so it didn't get shut off and just you know so that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and and that was my plan and i thought it was i thought it was a genius plan and i bought all these gift cards and then i sold them on ebay you know mm-hmm. below what i paid for them just cuz i wanted mm-hmm. to turn it into cash 
And I got like, you know, like 4k or something like that from all these mm. people. And they sent me the money and then like, you know, we ended up, I had, we paid our rent with that and then we bought a bunch of pills. And then like a couple of days later, my K jeweler card got shut off and I had gotten an email from them saying like, like, Hey, we think you're doing fraudulent stuff, blah, 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 blah. We turned your, your we turned your gift cards into a zero balance. So all these people got their credit, got their gift cards with zero money on them. And I'm getting these like messages oh. on eBay, give us our money back, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have the money. I'd spent it already. Mm. And I, and my intention wasn't to scam them. It just like happened that way. And then, you know, shortly after that, we ran out of money and we ended up getting evicted from our apartments. Um, I ended up going like in, in oh yeah, and also in this year and a half too, I ended up going to rehab. Uh, I went to inpatient rehab once it didn't work out. I went to outpatient could, rehab. Could you, could you explain what, what is inpatient rehab? Um, it's where you actually like go and stay at a, like a facility, like a hospital mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 10 days, two weeks, 30 days, whatever they, they see fit. Um, and I went and I stayed at a hospital for, you know, I think it was like two weeks mm-hmm. and I was sober there or whatever, but like going there, it just taught me how to be a better drug addict, like different ways to get drugs and like how people were doing different things to get drugs. It's like, and so I went there, I got out, I stayed sober for a couple of weeks, a month or something. And then I fell back into it. And then I would go mm. back to rehab, fall back into it, stay mm. clean for a month, go back to rehab, fall back into it. Mm. And I just couldn't find anything. You know, I just wasn't, it wasn't sticking. I wasn't like changing my life. I kept the same friends, which is like a horrible idea. Mm. Um, and then finally, you know, like I said, we got evicted from our apartment. We went and me and my girl at the time went back, lived with my mom. And mm. this, at this point, the drug habit was really bad. Um, and, you know, we started stealing shit from people. Like, I stole, like, $60 from my mom. Because the drug habit was so bad at that point. Like, if I didn't have drugs in my system, my body would go through horrible withdrawal. And, and what, what would those be? It'd be, like, it would start off slow, cold shit. Like, kind of, like, almost, like, flu-ish type symptoms. You know, aches and pains. You know, you know runny nose. And mm. it, would, it would slowly progress to, to, to the extreme depression, to, like, ice cold aches all over your body it was, it was just like no. being sick like really sick and the only way you get rid of that sickness is if you let the drugs flush out of your system over like a week period or you get more drugs to feed your body to make that pain go away and so you know mm. i did desperate things to get my fix you know mm. like i would do mm. you know if i knew one somebody selling pills for say two dollars a pill i would find somebody that would pay four dollars a pill and then mm. I, the money that I would make off that, I would go get free pills with it. You know, I kept doing little hustles to try to like get pills, whatever I could do to get them. And then, you know, they, it got bad. We were borrowing money from people, borrowing money from drug dealers. Drug dealers were fronting us pills. And then we weren't being able to get the money sometimes. And people would be after, you know, looking for us and shit. We'd be after dodge phone calls and shit like that. Um, and we got kicked out of my mom's place because I stole $60 from her. And then we went to, with my, to my girl, we went to her dad's house and we started mm-hmm. stealing, stealing his stuff. You know, you'd have a gold ring there, gold, whatever there. And we'd go mm-hmm. to the pawn shop and sell it for money to go buy pills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just like that for a few more months. And then eventually he found out we were stealing from him. And so we went back to my mom's place. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this, like to this day still haunts me. Like, we were so scared to go back to my mom's place. Cause like it didn't end well. It ended in a fight and like my mom said a lot of mean shit to me, you know, like 
She's like, she told me she wished that like I was never born type shit. And like, we've always had like a Rocky ish relationship. And like, we went back there or, and, and I, we were so scared to go. My girl, my girlfriend at the time went to my mom's door because I was too terrified to go see my mom. And I, my, my, my mom and girlfriend told me the story that my girlfriend knocks on the door and my mom opened the door and my girlfriend immediately just started bawling. And then my mm. mom started bawling and, you know, eventually they came down and let me in, but my mom grabbed me and hugged me. And she said that the second that you're, you know, that Alexis was my girlfriend at the time, knocked on the door, opened it. She was crying. She's like, I thought you were dead. She's like, I thought you died of a drug overdose. Mm. And that to this day still like gives me goosebumps when I think about that, that, you know, for a moment, my mom thought I died of doing too many drugs and that like, really was like it you know at that point and we ended up like setting up a rehab and she let us stay there with her um and my mom was super cool when we went you know my mom had like a couple extra dollars and she knew I was going through withdrawals and shit mm. and so my mom kept giving me money to buy pills just to kind of keep the withdrawals down mm. until I got to go into rehab wow. and so I ended up going into rehab um I don't remember how many days I stayed it might have been like 14 I believe Mm -hmm. yeah something like that and I went into rehab got clean came out did an outpatient you know rehab thing where you just go to meetings and things like that which mm -hmm. was like another 30 days I did have like one relapse this was like back in like July of 2011 what does a relapse mean uh, where you go back to do drugs again okay. um and I didn't even get high it was just it was it didn't feel right it didn't feel good and then I think we had a couple pills left over and we threw them out the window. And wow. that was the last day that I ever touched a pill ever. Um, and that was like July of 2011. Um, and I've been sober off of pills and drugs and all that shit for, you know, what, nine, ten, nine, nine years, years now, eight years, nine something years. like that. I don't even keep track anymore. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah. So after that, I got, you know, got clean, got sober, you know, I stayed with the girl, we found a new place to live and, you know, like, two like three years went by I was with the girl and I wasn't working um didn't have a job I literally played World of Warcraft all day like a fucking bum oh uh, sorry for swearing um I know it's chill man okay and you know she paid you know she worked she paid the bills all that and you know I was a mooch I was a loser you know like straight up like to be looking at it like I stayed up and played video games all day for like basically for the better part of three years um and then after it was like, okay, I need to find a job. Like I, I'm, I was so depressed just sitting at home all day for 10 hours a day, playing World of Warcraft, watching YouTube videos, watching movies, eating junk food, you know, mm -hmm. not getting out of the house, just fucking being a bum. And, you know, I, I tried to find a job after a few years, basically. And I couldn't find a job anywhere. Nobody would hire me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm applying everywhere. I'm applying at waiter jobs, you know, different restaurants, like, cause I was a, my previous job, I was a waiter for four and a half years at Buffalo Wild Wings in Minnesota. So, mm. you know, I knew, I know how to wait tables and do all that. And mm. I applied at all mm. these places, wasn't getting any hits, you know, applying at, you know, different mall jobs, different other, different sales jobs. And I would get an interview or two, no call back. And it's like for, for a good while, I'm trying to like find all these places to work and it's just not working out. One of the topics uh, we had said before, the $5,000 credit that you took from the Kjuler's card. Um, yeah. Like, how did you, how, like, what, what did you tell to those people who were, who had your gift cards? 
gosh, I don't even remember what I said to him, to be honest. Like, I felt horrible. Mm. Like, I felt dev- – I was devastated. I didn't have the money. I And I th- honestly, I want to say I told him something like, like, I'm really sorry. I spent the money on rent. Obviously, I'm not going to say I bought drugs with it. Um, yeah. You know, complain to eBay, and you'll get your money back. You know, like, I know eBay obviously probably refunded them, like, through their money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was horrible. I, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't want that to happen. I'd never even thought that would happen. Like, I was – that I felt like shit for doing that, you know, unintentionally I scammed them without trying mm-hmm. to scam them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was hoping they would, they get their gift cards and then I owe K jewelers the money and I'll pay them off, you know, when the time, they you know, have it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I thought it was. And it didn't work out that way. So. When you were going through this phase of trying to be off drugs, it has to be hard. How were you, committed that like you're not going to go back to that again um basically i burned all my bridges you know i didn't have anything left to like all my resources had dried up you know Mm -hmm. i couldn't borrow money Mm -hmm. from anybody none of my friends would borrow me money i didn't have a job i i ended up getting fired actually from buffalo wild wings i forgot to mention that i got fired um they Mm -hmm. even knew i was doing drugs at work but they didn't they fired me for texting but like my man, I had multiple times my manager would pull me in and be like, yo, you're doing drugs. Like, please clean up your life. Like my, they loved me. Like, you know, I came in, I worked hard. Um, and they ended up firing me for texting. And like, that was kind of like the beginning of the end because now I didn't have this money coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just basically, I didn't have any bridges left and bad stuff kept happening. I kept putting myself in bad situations where I would buy drugs from somebody and then one time, like we had some guy chases, um, I had bought drugs from a guy, you know, my friend, not really a friend, obviously, um, mm. his friend knew my girl just got paid, you mm. know, and she would get, she would get paid, you know, whatever, decent amount every couple of weeks. And, you know, well, what, what did she used to do? She was a manager at McDonald's. Um, okay. so I was like, mm-hmm. she, she made decent money for like, yeah. like a manager, yeah. but I was like, she, yeah. she made like de- pretty decent money for back right. then for us. Right. And, you know, she got paid. We went and bought drugs from our friend and he knew that she got paid because we'd always buy drugs like clockwork on payday. And mm-hmm. as we were buying the drugs, we saw, like, I, I recognized his friend across the parking lot in a car, like two separate cars. And it was just a weird situation. And we ended up leaving and we had a bad feeling. And his friend mm-hmm. started chasing us down the highway. Oh, you know, he wow. was going to rob us. And like... Mm-hmm. You know, we kept, we kept going. And then my friend called me, he was like, Hey, you know, he wasn't trying to snitch on his friend, but he didn't want anything bad to happen to us. He's like, yo, go home. Don't stop for anybody. Drive fast. You need to get home now. He's like, that's all I can say. Basically. And then he hung up. He basically was warning me like, yo, don't stop. My friend's going to rob you. But without, you know, without saying that. And it was like, I kept putting myself in dumb situations like that. You know, I'd have drugs in the car. I've been pulled over by the police. You know, one time I was like texting on the phone, had pills in my lap and I rear-ended somebody. Like I just kept putting myself in stupid situations where I should have been arrested, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just to the point where I burned all my bridges. I didn't have any options left. And it was like either get sober or, you know, die. You know, I was just doing way too many drugs. Like there'd be days we would, some days we'd spend four or $500 a day on drugs if we can get our hands on that kind of money. And it was to the point where it's like I would pop 30 Percocet and not even feel anything. I wouldn't even get high because I was just like so fried in the brain. So, yeah, it was just there was no other options left. 
the girl you were with then you're not together anymore um no 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 yeah we broke up a few years ago like how was her feeling like when i mean like of course she saw you taking drugs and yeah, i actually got what her did to think? start doing drugs too like mm-hmm. and we both got addicted so we were both addicts at the same time mm-hmm. together um so yeah like she like i would get you know like we would just like she did it recreationally and it slowly turned into a thing you know mm-hmm. right along with me so we both were getting high and we both were spending money on drugs all our money mm-hmm. on drugs that we could mm-hmm. um so yeah it was just like oh. a big issue for both of us is, is it the reason that they didn't give a job because was it on your or yeah it was just the work gap like not having a job for three you know whatever was it three years or whatever like they didn't want to hire me because of that because i had such long gap in between my work history nobody Mm -hmm. would hire me thankfully i didn't have any charges as far as the drugs or Mm -hmm. arrests due to the drugs or anything like that so um thankfully you know my record is clean in that sense and i never had an issue with that so but yeah, stupidly, it's like if you don't work for a couple of years or a few years, like nobody wants to hire you. Wow. And even, even though you had worked for four and a half years as a waitress, uh, as a waiter, as a waiter. <laughs> I'm trying to become a grammar right? as, a, as a waiter. Um, they still were like, because you have a three year gap, like you, you pronounce it. Yeah, right? like I, yeah, before the job of, I had before that, I also had for four or five years. I was like a manager at a macy's sunglass hut like i sold oh, sunglasses wow. in a macy's yeah, you know yeah, for four yeah, like four yeah. years i was the manager for that you know like i held multiple jobs for a year two years three years four years when i had when i had work but the gap just nobody would hire me at all nobody wow so then how did you start making money again I ended up leaving Minnesota and ended up going to Nashville because I just wanted a change in life. Mm. Um, and I moved to Nashville. Uh, my friend had just moved out there. He was trying to start his music career. Mm. And he let me sleep on his floor, you know, at his place. He was renting out a room for like 300 a month and he let me sleep on his floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went out there and it was like cool for a month or whatever. And I tried to find work out there and I couldn't find any jobs out there either. Mm. Um, I ended up going back to Minnesota, you know. I went back. It was the same old toxic, just not a good environment for me to be in. Mm. Um, and I ended up going back to Nashville again. And, you know, I stayed with my friend and we got a place together and, you know, um, I was still trying to find work. And I was, I started selling on eBay a little bit during mm. that time, just so I could make a few bucks to eat and, you know, buy mm-hmm. food. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy ended up getting a place to live. Um, and he said he would just charge me 300 a month, you know, for the master bedroom and like a big room. And I was just doing eBay then, you know, making maybe like four or five, 600 bucks profit a month, which was mm-hmm. enough for me to, to, you know, get by mm-hmm. as far as bills, mm-hmm. car insurance, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. at this whole time, I'm still trying to find a job too, because mm-hmm. you can't really live on 500 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm just going, you know, going to garage sales and Goodwills and finding items to resell on eBay mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find jobs. And I'm like, I mean, it got to the point where I was like, I, I like applied at Target and Walmart to like push carts and shit. Mm. And they wouldn't hire me. And that like, you know, it started to get frustrating and like, mm. you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not good enough to push a cart for $7 an hour. Like, that's how low, like, you won't let me do that. Mm. Mm. And it just fucking 
kind of spiraled me into like, you know, I was depressed, you know, the majority of my life because I wasn't happy. But like that really fucked me up there because it was like, what the fuck? I, I'm not qualified to push a cart. Like mm-hmm. anybody can do that shit. Mm-hmm. And I was still selling on eBay at the time. And then I remember like, I think one of the last jobs I applied for, um, it was the fossil store at the Opry Mills Mall in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I got an interview. The person that I sent in my application to loved me. Had wow. an interview. They called me back for an interview and that person loved me. And then they called me back for another interview oh, wow. and I had a second interview and did the interview and then left and never heard a word from them again. Really? They, they never told you anything? Mm-hmm. Nothing. And I would call and they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll give you a call back. Call again. Oh, hey, sorry. The manager's not in. We'll have her call you back. You know, they were dodging it. And that again, fucked me up because it's like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, am I, no, I'm not employable. Like what the fuck? You know, and it, it you, fucking like, hurt. It, dude, it it destroyed me. And, I, and honestly, that honestly is it was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Like one of the best mm-hmm. things that ever happened to me, because mm-hmm. I realized at that point I'm not employable, like mm-hmm. clearly. And so I just kept sticking with eBay, and I just kept grinding it and like tightening my money. You know, I'd be eating ninety nine cent spaghetti and you know fifty cent cans of tuna and ninety nine mm-hmm. cent noodles and you know, cheap mm-hmm. pasta and spaghetti sauce and, mm-hmm. you know, cheap chicken bread, you know, like the $92 a pound freaking meat and just like, you know, not spending any money. And I just, you know, continuing to learn eBay and like started watching videos on YouTube and like looking on eBay, learning products, learning what people want, looking to find products. And then I started buying stuff on Craigslist. You know, people were selling video game collections for like mm-hmm. say 50 bucks, hundred bucks, you know, a bunch of games, consoles, And I would buy mm-hmm. them and turn around and sell them all one at a time on eBay and then take mm-hmm. that money and then go buy more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hustled like that for, for like the better part of a year. And, you know, I got up to like, you know, where I was making, you know, $800, dollars $900, $1,000 wow. profit some months. That's like um, double than what was before. Yeah. And it was going good. And um, then like I ended up finding a thing called Amazon, you know, like I saw mm-hmm. like Amazon was kind of starting to become popular. This was probably like a little over five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked into it and like thought I would try it out. And like, I started like doing it a little bit, like where you buy products from Target or Walmart and then you ship them to Amazon and then they sell your products for you. Mm-hmm. and so I gave that a shot and it didn't work out too well for you know the first few months I was kind of a learning experience I was losing money on some things mm-hmm. but I just like something you know I just thankful thankfully I kept at it mm-hmm. and um I kept trying that and like all this while I'm doing this too I'm starting you know you know it's really hard to like get like the, my, the whole depth of like my crazy life story Um, but mm-hmm. like my mom, you know, was into drugs too later on after I had gotten clean and sober, my mom was starting to get into pills, also the same mm-hmm. type of pills I did. So mm-hmm. like I started doing Amazon and I started to see a little bit of success from it, you know, like, and I started making a few hundred bucks a month doing that. And then I just mm-hmm. kept grinding and kept going at it and kept going at it. And then I built it up over like a year to where I'm making a couple thousand dollars a month. And like, wow. I see, I see there's potential here and I would build up my Amazon really good. And then my mom would like hit me up out of the blue. I'm going to be evicted from my apartment tomorrow. If I, if I don't get $1,600, mm. you know? Wow. And of course her being my mom, you know, I'm in Nashville. She's in Minnesota. 
I give her the money, you know, and that yeah. like just that that was like, you know, that was all the money I was making on Amazon. So then I would get crushed back down to the beginning again and grind mm. and grind and grind and build back up and mm. she would do it again. And then she did it like she did it like three times to me. And the, it was to the point where it's like, mom, I can't do this anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like I can't help you out. I'm trying to like, you know, like make a living myself here and you're taking a good portion of my money. Yeah. And you know, like, uh, and again, it happened again. And it was to the point where it's like, all right, mom, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. You know? And she got evicted from her apartment. Like her rent was like 600 bucks a month. But like, if you mm. didn't pay your rent, you know, when it was due, they would add on all these fees. Oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would shoot to like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars $1,600. Like unlawful. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. And I kept bailing her out and she ended up getting evicted. Um, yeah, it was tough. It was hard, you know, because like she was doing pills and she was gambling at the casinos and losing money. And she would go to the casino with no money and like overdraft her account. And like mm. I would have to clean up the pieces. And it was just tough for a while. Um, but I still stuck with Amazon. Um, still kept grinding at it, just working hard, just kind of learning how, the, how e-commerce works. And um, and I just stuck with it. And, you know, I then and then you know i mean fast forward you know i just did that for a few years basically grinding and growing learning e-commerce and you know like fast forward it to like where i'm at now like um you know like over the last three years i've done probably like 2.2 million in sales in the last like three years and it's all just just grinding from nothing and i never knew how to do this i didn't know anything about it when i started I don't have a college degree, you know, just, mm. I, I ran out of options in life. Basically there was nothing. I didn't see any other option. Um, wow. So yeah, it was, it's been a crazy ride and it's been insane. Sometimes it's still surreal. <laughs> I mean, I to me, it, it's, it, it is absolutely crazy to me that from a, from a point where you were stealing money to buy pills from now to now where like you have a great business great friends and a great life in the east coast mm. um and I, I just think it's just so inspiring like the amount of change you make yeah, and i'm, I'm curious to know like what was it that that made you just keeping at it made you persevere and not give up. Honestly, man, like this is that honest answer. I have no idea. Like, mm. I have no idea what kept me going. Like I didn't sleep. I just stuck with it because I was just that, you know, ever since I, I was, I always had a passion to hustle and like hustle mm. things. And like, mm. um, you know, I just stuck with it. I have no idea why I literally have no clue. I just kept doing it because it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and I just kept going at it and doing it. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy journey. Like I wouldn't, I'm, it's, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm thankful that I, that I went through all the shit I did. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's I'm still speechless sometimes. Cause it's just like, fuck, like how the hell it's like, you know, like I came from shit. Like I was a fucking straight up, like, you know, I don't like to call myself a loser, but like I was a loser, you know, five, six, seven years ago. I was a bum, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't contributing anything to society. I wasn't offering any value to anybody. 
you know, I was a mooch, you know, and mm. it's like, you know, anybody can change, you know, anybody can change. How did you make the decision to move from Nashville to Jersey? Um, after Nashville, I went back to Minnesota again for a little okay. bit. Um, and I was doing pretty decent with the Amazon and I had oh. saw another guy on YouTube. He traveled the country going to garage, the garage sales and thrift stores and reselling. And wow. I got the, I got the idea of doing that same thing, but shopping at target, Walmart, Toys R Us. And so I started driving around first. I would go from Minnesota to Iowa, Minnesota to Nebraska, Minnesota to Illinois, you know, like oh, slow, wow. like yeah, little trips. Yeah. And probably I would say for roughly right around two years, you know, in between, you know, Minnesota, Nashville. And now, you know, I actually like traveled the country basically on the road for the better part of two years, just wow. shopping wow. and doing this, like living out of hotels, Airbnbs and traveling the country, you know, reselling stuff mm -hmm. online. Um, and, you know, in that two year period, like I hit like 40, I've been to 44 states, 45 states. Oh, wow. 45 states. Um, yeah, in like two years. That is crazy. Um, you know, we growing up, we were always broke. Welfare, Section 8, couldn't even mm. afford to get on the bus. And like, you know, I've always wanted to travel. And like, I found this and it like kind of gave me a little bit of freedom to be able to travel. And so mm. I just went to all the places I've always wanted to go to as a kid. You know, Yosemite, the Grand Canyon, you know, L.A., the beach, and like all these places I saw in movies and like saw in books and pictures. Wow. And I just, you know, I did that. And, um, you know, at all the places I'd been, like the first time I went to New York, it was like this feeling, I don't even know it, like the feeling I had of just seeing New mm. York and being in New York. I just loved the way it made me feel like it, like almost felt like I was at home, like just mm. the lights, the people, like I love how diverse New York is. Like, I love that. All different people, everything. Like, I just love that about New York. All the food, like, all the different kinds of food and just, mm. like, attitudes and people, personalities. Mm. Like, and I, I fell in love with everything about New York. Even the nasty smells, like, when you're on a dirty block and you smell the truck. Like, everything was just so amazing about it. And I was like, I want to move out here one day. Um, okay. And so I, I started, you know, I, I ended up settling on Jersey. You know, I'm 20 minutes outside of Manhattan and, you know, right. I'm close enough where I'm happy and I like it and I can be in the city in, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I settled out out here. I'm still doing the Amazon thing. I'm scaling it, doing different things in Amazon to scale my business. And I know you're uh, very involved with Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins events. How did you find Tony Robbins and how did you get involved with that? Um. I got I uh I got involved in Tony Robbins uh just over two years ago. Um back in March of 2018, a good friend of mine uh invited me to go to a Tony Robbins event in San Jose, California. Um mm -hmm. and at the time um I was doing Amazon um mm -hmm. and I was in a different relationship and I was miserable. And it was more so like who I was inside as a person. I wasn't happy with myself then. Um, and I'll just try to give you like a quick cliff note of that, mm. you know, like at that time, my main goal in life was to, you know, make a bunch of money, have a bunch of friends, travel, live an awesome life. Mm. And, you know, around that time, like, you know, it was like when I started doing Amazon, like I thought it'd be like one year on Amazon, I made like, you know, like around like 30 K profit on Amazon. And I felt oh. so amazed, you know, I was like, wow, this is so cool. 
and you know and, I, and i'm not bragging at all I'm like to some people this may be yeah. a lot of money some people it's nothing you know and then in like 2017 i worked so hard and i hit a six-figure income you know and wow. i thought that was like i thought if i ever made a hundred grand in one year i would be happy and so mm -hmm. i tried in 2017 i worked my ass off i was like my main goal this year is to make a hundred grand i was like because then I thought I would be successful. I thought I'd be, you know, like accepted and like, oh, cool. I'm part of, you know, the society and mm. I came from nothing and I did it and nothing changed, you know, as far as who I was inside. Like it felt amazing for like five minutes, but afterwards it was just like, huh, I'm not happy. Okay. Mm. Maybe I need to make more money or sell mm. more. Like, and so the 2018, my main goal was just to work, 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 work. I worked all the time. You know, I met a girl and we were together and, you know, I was unhappy person. You know, we both just had our own issues. We both had come from tra traumatic childhoods, we had a lot of mm -hmm. bad shit happen to us as kids. And that mm -hmm. came together and we just weren't a good fit. And so, you know, I wasn't happy with myself or in the relationship. And I was just a depressed, miserable, you know, I, I put on a bunch of weight, you know, on Facebook though, I made sure that I made sure you know, everybody thought my life was amazing. I'm fucking going to, I'm going to LA. I'm flying to freaking Miami where, you know, renting like, you know, brand new cars and driving down to Key West and like, you know, eating at all the best food places. And I, on Facebook, my life looked fucking bomb. But the, the smile was fake. It wasn't a real smile. You know, I looked cool. Like I was having an amazing time and I'm getting all these likes on Facebook and everyone's like, damn, Jameson, you've come a long way. We're so proud of you, blah, 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 blah. And all I was was looking for validation at the time you know mm -hmm. and you know long story short like i was miserable and you know 2018 my friend invited me to tony robbins event in san jose we went it was a four-day event i was fat i was overweight i was miserable unhappy had no energy of life all i did was work mm -hmm. and i did the event and i slept in my chair like i i went i had a good time i probably retained five to ten percent of it I didn't put any effort into it. And then I left, I went back to my, my miserable, pathetic life. Mm. And, you know, a couple months had passed and it just still wasn't happy. A few months had passed, still wasn't happy. And then I had seen he was coming to New Jersey, um, November, mm. 2018. Mm. Yeah. And I just said, fuck it. I need to fucking do this. So I signed up, I paid for it right away, hit up my mm. same friend. I'm like, yo, we're going to this event. We bought our Airbnb for the week right away. So I invested, you know, like 15 grand, or sorry, 1500, you know, for the mm. ticket and the Airbnb was like 1500 oh, bucks. Wow. So I'm like, all right, I'm committing myself now. I've got mm. four months to get ready for this. So I just, you know, once I, I committed, you know, I started to exercise a little bit, you know, eat right a little bit. And at this time I'm going through the breakup with the girl. It got pretty, it mm. got pretty messy. I had to get a restraining order and you know, she got evicted from our place because we were living together at the time. Mm. It was crazy, you know, and she, she, we parted ways and it, you know, crushed me inside and I was, you know, miserable because of it. And, you know, um, I, you know, I, I got ready for Tony Robbins, started eating right. I lost some weights, you know, I started reading books and just kind of like really working on me as a person. Mm. And, you know, we, we went to Tony Robbins in, in November in Jersey, went mm. to it, did the whole thing, learned a lot, amazing. Um, and then Tony Robbins does this thing called the Dickinson's process, basically, where he go, he uses NLP to like get deep into your like mind. Mm. And it's just a crazy experience. You know, you, you, you think about all your limiting beliefs and like you, mm. he helps you get over your limiting beliefs of things that why you can't go, get 
be successful in life. And mm-hmm. one of my living team was beliefs was that I didn't deserve to be happy because I did drugs. I did bad shit, you know, during that time. And, you know, I did bad shit. I hurt people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I never deserved to be happy because of that. And that was one of my limiting beliefs. And, you know, I left the event. The event was over. My friend went back to Connecticut where he lived and the event was over. And, you know, after the event, like that, that, that process that we did, the Dickinson's process really like kind of like really just like hit me right really hard. And I realized how unhappy I was with my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was, ma- you know, I was making more money than I ever thought I could dream of, you know, you know, making a little over a hundred grand a year, you know, not mm-hmm. obviously I'm not a millionaire or anything, but to me, I came, it's from, a lot of money. Yeah. I came from the gutter, you know, $7 an hour job type stuff, $6 an hour job, minimum wage job. So to me, that's a lot of money. And I was not happy after the event. I was miserable. And I fucking just, I couldn't, I, I had like ran out of gas. I was so stressed out for my breakup. I was miserable. I missed her. You know, I was having trouble getting over it. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I fucking ran out of steam. You know, this is, you know, November, 2018. I ran out of steam and I just said, you know, fuck it. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, mm. I don't want to do this. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with the pain anymore of just being a miserable person. And mm. um, I went to the gym. I was staying with a friend. I went to a gym that night and I'm in the parking lot. And like, I just like, was like, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. And so I opened up Google and I started Googling painless ways to kill myself. And I'm like bawling my eyes out in the gym parking lot. And I'm just like, you know, sad. I'm crying. I'm miserable. I'm numb. And I was just like, fuck it. Like, you know, and I saw a popular place to commit suicide was jumping off the George Washington bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I drove down through New York towards the George Washington bridge and the whole time I'm crying, I can barely fucking see. My eyes are fucking balloons just puffed out from crying for hours. And I'm driving over the bridge. And I remember, like, my hands are, like, tight on the wheel. And I'm going over. You know, you can kind of barely see the water down at Stark. But you can kind of see where the water would be. And I'm driving across. And I'm just like, I fucking, I, I, I'm not happy. I don't want, I can't live this way. Like, what the fuck? You know, all these emotions, every thought, you know, is going through my head. Like, how do I make the pain go away? How do I get rid of this pain of feeling like shit? Mm-hmm. And I, I was going over the bridge slow. I mean, it probably was like a 30 second, a minute to drive over the bridge, but it was so slow motion in my mind that mm-hmm. it felt like it took five minutes to drive across. And as I reached the end of the bridge, I'm just like, fuck, I can't do this anymore. Like I fucking have to change my life. Um, and I got over the, th- over the end and, um, during you know the last few years prior to that i was working with a mentor on and off that i hired and i wasn't working with him recently because i was just miserable and i hit him up and i'm like fuck bro i need to change my life what the fuck do i gotta do Mm. um and you know i committed to working with him again we hadn't worked together in like a year and you know he was like okay here's what i'm gonna do i have a three-month program that i want to work with you and he's like it's five thousand dollars and i was like fuck it fucking do it what do i have to lose you know yeah. my life like i'm miserable and so i hired him back went back to minnesota um back to the place where me and my ex-girlfriend were living together um and she was gone i was at the house miserable uh, because i was laying in the bed same bed you like even down to using the same coffee cup so i decided my mentor challenged me all right sell everything you own donate it throw it in the garbage 
find a new place to live. Mm. And so I sold everything I owned or donated to Goodwill or, you know, mm. I got rid of everything within a month and I fit everything into my little SUV and I drove out to Jersey, found a place to live. Um, been working with the coach still to this day. We still have our weekly calls every week. We text wow. every day. And I've really just like been this last year since I've been out here, I've really focused on me as a person and more so over business and money and profits and big sales. And I've really just gotten to know me better, being a healthier person mentally, physically. Um, you know, I read every day. You know, I pray. I, you know, I eat healthy. I juice. I drink a lot of water. I take vitamins. You know, like I really put myself first. You know, I run four or five miles a day. I really oh, wow. make sure that I'm where I need to be here. Because if you're not happy in here, you're not going to be happy out here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've really you know, been focusing on being happy with myself over anything. And, you know, the business comes second. I come first. You know, I can't give to the world if I don't have, if I'm miserable inside, I can't spread love or, you know, help people or anything. So I need to be happy here Mm. because of Mm. it. So, um, yeah, thankfully I started learning how to put myself first. And like over this year, I've learned to scale my business at the same time with putting myself first and not focusing mm. everything on the business. Mm. Um, so I've been, yeah, heavily into Tony Robbins since then. Um, I went to another Tony Robbins event back in November of 2019 in Miami. Um, mm. And then I have another one um, August 7th to the 10th in Dallas. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, I'm really like, I, I don't know if you know who Jim Rohn is. Um, it's where Tony Robbins mm-hmm. basically learned a lot of his stuff, but he has okay. this quote that I, that I, that I love. And he has a quote that it goes, uh, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. And wow. not that the money part matters, but like I've learned that like investing in you and yourself and like your education and like, you know, like, and he has, a, I don't remember who says this too, but like, don't ever let your, schooling get in the way of your education and like i'm really learning to like put you know life education and learning over everything else just growing as a person as opposed to money material things um so it's been yeah it's been a crazy 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 fucking like life like yeah and you know like what you know so yeah i don't know it's been insane but it's i'm grateful you know i'm thankful that i've been through the things i've been through and you know, I hope people can learn and, you know, from my experience and my mistakes. And mm-hmm. I have one other question, which is about when the night you were driving on George Washington Bridge. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, like going through all those emotions and having the thought, like, is this it? Like, this is, is this like to them when I end my life? Um, how is that feeling like to be so close to to be so close to it that like this might be the end like uh, we would have never met um, if that happened like how is that feeling like um i mean that whole experience it was just like i felt so numb the pain in a, in a sense it was like I had been hurting so much that I just like didn't hurt anymore it was just like nothingness 
and all I wanted was for that feeling to go away. I didn't want to die. Like, I, I honestly, like, I mean, I can only speak for me, like mm-hmm. me going through that. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to kill myself. I just didn't want to feel that, that pit, that numb feeling in my whole entire body. It was just like, just this, I can't even explain it, but mm. it's just this feeling you want to go away and you don't know what to do. Mm. And so, you know, at the time I thought suicide would be the only way to make that feeling stop. Kind of, yeah, it's just all I could explain is like, it's just like a pit of just nothingness and just, ugh, just like the sour. It just gives me a bad taste even like trying to like put myself back there just like not a good it's just like numbness like you're just so numb and just you just it's like the life is sucked there's no soul left in you you're just like whatever you know like fuck Mm. it you know kind of thing like have you been having suicidal thoughts before that um i mean like they kind of came and went like a good portion of my life Hmm. um but I, like i always thought that was normal because that's just the way everybody i thought was you know um hmm. and like i i you know if i had i've had issues with mental illness like i've been you know diagnosed with bipolar and manic depression and stuff hmm. like that and i used to be on pills you know back you know many years ago but like it was just like inside i never was a happy person i was like not fun to be around if, if i was feeling like shit inside you best believe if you were close to me, girlfriend, mom, friends, like you would feel it too. Mm-hmm. And I just never was generally like a super happy person, you know, and I wanted to find like happiness. Like I want, like that was, I wanted to find happiness and, you know, I wanted like unconditional love from people. And like, I always felt like I didn't have any of that. And so like that, you know, going to these Tony Robbins events, like I learned you know how to do that like and like and like you know I learned to like you know like meeting people and like be had people recommending me books and stuff like that like this whole time I you know I've been living my life I never loved myself Mm. like and I really have spent the last couple of years you know on and off like learning obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs Mm. but like I learned to actually love me like when I look in the mirror I'm like I'm happy with who I see and you know wow. I used to not be happy and it's like you know uh, and this is not this is a quote that Tony Robbins says that I love and it's like he says that most people really aren't happy but they're not unhappy enough to do anything about it mm. wow. and you know I want to be one of those people that is that does do something about it if I'm not happy with something in my life I fix it or I figure out what's causing the pain or the issue or the thing that's holding me back and then I figure out how to solve that problem and eliminate it or minimize it or get it out of my life. Wow. Wow. Crazy journey. I mean, from the time that I've known you, you always have a smile. You're always like happy, outgoing, like let's do stuff. Um, and I, 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 I honestly, I could not, couldn't, could not imagine you not being happy until you had told me that yeah wow. yeah I, yeah yeah I, I get that response often oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually one more question um what, where is your mom now um i actually haven't spoken to her um in gosh 
three and a half years, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, 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 it's been hard and it's like, I, I know for me to fully grow as a person, I'm going to have to get that back. You know, I'm going to have to reach out to her mm-hmm. at some point. I'm not ready for that yet because I'm still working on me and I continually every week, me and my mentor go over things and he's helping me grow. And we go over like my childhood traumas. Cause if I mm-hmm. do something this way, he'd be like, all right, what's causing that. And like, we go over things very slowly so that way I can fix that. And that's at one point that will be on my list where I contact her and I let her know how I feel and I mend things with her and I tell her how like I have a lot of resentment towards her a lot mm-hmm. and so I don't want to feel that way you know because it's like that's holding me back from growing and being the best me I can be so um because like you know with the whole drugs thing and like she was always really good at manipulating me to get money and you know I just I couldn't handle it anymore because I always gave into her because she's my mom you know you're supposed to help your family mm-hmm. you know but at what point do you put your foot down you know um, and if you haven't been, like, if people haven't been through that, they don't understand. Because, like, people always have that thing, well, it's your family, you have to help them out. Yeah. But it's like, at what point do you say no? Can you destroy your entire life to help out your family? Or is there at a point you can stop and say, hey, I can't enable you anymore. You know, you're a grown adult. You have to figure it out on your own. I can't keep bailing you out time and time and time again. So I, I had to cut ties off with her so I could, like, live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's still pretty tough I have tough days you know where I miss her and I wish I could call her and like when her birthdays come and Mother's Day and shit like that like so yeah it's been it's been you know it's been tough but yeah um, just always moving sure forward and growing yeah you're welcome yeah. brother you're welcome wow if someone is going through drug addiction listening to this what will you tell them that's a good fucking question man oh man that's a really good question (laughs) honestly man like towards the end of my drug addiction again like i know all this stuff that i've been through is like stemmed from my childhood traumatic shit that happened to me as a kid and the drugs were just, you know, coping mechanism because, mm-hmm. you know, doing pain pills, they give you a numb feeling. You know, they mm-hmm. give you, you feel very good, but it numbs. And mm-hmm. that's why I love them so much because it allowed me not to feel anything, but feel good. Um, and, you know, when I was, you know, trying to quit, I never thought I could quit. I never thought I could like, I thought that was life. I thought that was always going to be my life. I thought the only way I was going to ever stop doing drugs was dying of an overdose. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess like telling, you know, someone sees this, like, like, fuck, it's, it sounds so cliche, but like, you can fucking beat this. You can, like, you're more than enough. Like mm-hmm. inside of you, you you're, there's an amazing, amazing fucking human being in there. You know, it may be blocked by shit, you know, all the bad stuff going on in your life. Because I'm assuming if you're into drugs, like, you probably don't have the most healthiest life around that. Mm. And that there is a way out. Like, there is. Like, I fucking did it. And I, you know, it took me a few tries. But it stuck eventually. Um, And, you know, you don't. Fuck. That's a good question, man. Like. I, you know, if I ever like, 
you know, what if I've, like, I've spoken at events and stuff before, like e-commerce mm. events and stuff. And like, I've shared my stories and I've mm. had people that were into drugs and stuff come up to me after. And like, if I had met somebody face to face that told me they were into drugs, I would give them a hug and tell them that I love them and that I truly believe that they can change. I believe in them and that mm. wow. they are more than capable of changing their life, that they're more than enough, you know, wow. that someone does love you, even though I don't know who you are, maybe we'll never meet, but I truly do love you. And I know what you're going through. And I know what it feels to be that, to feel those thoughts and feel the pain and, you know, cover things up with whether it's drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, like you can change. It doesn't seem like you can, but you truly, truly can. Like I did it. I know you can, you know, it's not fucking easy. It's not. It, it wasn't easy for me. And some days I still wonder how the fuck was I so lucky to change my life? Because I'm nobody special. I didn't deserve to change my life. Like it just fucking happened, you know? Like it just like, I don't know. Like I couldn't, I don't even know if I could handle going through that again ever. But, you know, like all I can say is like, like you can do it. It's doable. I did it. You know, I'm on the other side of it. And, you know, when you're in that little tunnel, you don't see the light of anything else ever being possible you don't think you're worthy of that but it's doable you can definitely fucking change you definitely can beat this it's doable people have done it i've done it like you can do it too so i'm just thinking like the amount of lows you would have seen in your journey it, it must have been crazy yeah i mean i'm thankful i'm i'm, I'm happy with yeah. everything that's happened in my life i wouldn't be here that stuff never happened mm -hmm. you know so i'm blessed i'm able to share my story with other people and like i hope you know like i like sharing my story with people because like i hope it, it helps a person or two you know mm -hmm. and like they can take something good from my story so like people i would love people to learn from the stupid shit i've done in my life mm -hmm. and they're like all right you know like i hope that i'm relatable like we're in the sense we're like damn all right this dude can do it like because I'm like, not to like, put, I don't like putting myself down in a sense, but I'm not a smart person in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. I just worked super hard and stuck at it and the shit that I didn't understand or know, I figured it out or I found someone that knew how to do it that could teach me, you know, like I stuck with it. Like I don't have a college degree. I went to college. I dropped out because of drugs, mm -hmm. you know, um, we didn't come from money. Like I said, like welfare, section eight, my dad was never around. We caught the city bus everywhere or we walked, you mm. know, like, mm. so it's like, you know, anybody can change their life, you know, like, it, you know, if you come from a shitty place, you're born in a shitty situation, like you have an opportunity, like you're here, you're alive. We live in like a, an era where it's like, if you have an internet signal and a freaking iPhone, there should be no reason why you struggle. Like there's so many things out there. You could start a business youtube mm. channels whatever it may be like whatever you're passionate about there's a market for it i'm almost guaranteed mm. you know um wow. so it's like i just really you know like want to share i love sharing my story to show that like hey if there's anything you can find that will work for you you find what works for you and wow. you know you can do it you know with you can get a college degree if that works for people but it doesn't mm. you know if it doesn't work for another person like you can still find success in your life you know success and success yeah, doesn't so. have to be what everybody thinks it is like success mm. should mean something to you. Like to someone else, I may not be successful to me. I am because I'm like happy mm. with who I am inside. You know, I enjoy what I do and it's not about money. It's like, if you can find a healthy balanced lifestyle, like whatever success is to you, who cares what other people think about you? 
you know mm, wow like success that doesn't was, mean money strong. yeah you know it has nothing to do with money 